Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 125, recorded live on Wednesday, October 28th, 2009 in a very special location, Dave's apartment. Here are your hosts, the man who knows his Skype name but not his co-hosts, Dave Play. Hey! The man who also knows his own Skype name but not his co-hosts, Andy Lowe. Hi. And our guest this week, the man who knows both of our Skype names, our guest, Ed Glazer, rhymes with laser. Hello. Or he could be a donut glazer, one of the two. I, I still like the donut glazer, or to, like painting glaze onto clay pots. He's a pottery I prefer, person? I prefer donuts because they're delicious. <laughs> donuts are delicious. I haven't had a donut in a very long time. Dave, can you even have a donut? If it's gluten-free, I can have a donut. But then it's not a donut. It is too. This brings up kind of a philosophical question, Andy. What makes a donut a donut? Um, it's made of dough. Okay. That's made from wheat. Then no, I cannot have a donut. <laughs> Those of you just joining us, Dave has celiac disease and cannot have wheat without... Well, what gluten. Isn't gluten wheat? Wheat has gluten. Okay. You know, the but, other day, I actually, I had a, uh, a gluten-free chocolate chip cookie, and it was delicious. So I think they can probably do some remarkable things while still being gluten-free. So there may be hope for you and the donuts. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I'm hoping for. I know there are gluten-free donuts. Of course, in Andy's mind, they are not, at that point, donuts. They are donut-shaped and donut-flavored wheatless pastries. Not a donut. <laughs> Granted, though, if it, uh, if it... Looks like a donut. Tastes like a donut. Cost the same as a donut, then it probably would be a donut. Oh, it might cost twice as much. But anyways, really, Ed, would yes. you like to tell our, our listeners kind of who you are? Sure. Yes. So my name is Ed Glazer. I am the owner of a production company called Dark Maze Studios, and I am the producer and director of um, the video game comedy movie Press Start, the spin-off web series Press Start Adventures, the upcoming Press Start to continue, and I recently produced the first ever English language version of a 1986 Turkish film called Rampage, better known as the Turkish Rambo. The t- I saw this in film class, actually. You oh, you're saw kidding. the Turkish Rambo? Yeah, it, it was, uh, I think it was our 100 years of sci-fi history and television. No, it was, yeah, it was 100 years of sci-fi history and television. And one of the classes, we were we were done early, and we always had these guys in our class who would bring in some of the strangest movies. Like, he had one where it was, uh, was kind of like Nacho Libre, where it was a Mexican wrestler, but he was a superhero. And they do, they had a show on, on the, the college cable network where they basically would do mystery science theater. And they brought brought in the, the Turkish Rambo movie and so we watched it. Well you were you were talking to uh you're talking to the, the current rights owner of Turkish Rambo. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm mad, but uh, I I saw clips of it online and I thought this was this is probably one of the greatest things ever. This needs a real release, so I gave it my best shot. So is it going to be released direct to DVD then? Or it is it is it is currently available. If you go to my website darkmaze.com, you can you can get it there. But it is the first first ever English version, completely new dub, completely new soundtrack. Actually, the original soundtrack pilfered its music from uh, Rambo: First Blood Part Two and Mad Max to the Road Warrior. So in order to release it, we had to create a totally new score, which by the way, is incredibly awesome. So how many how many pieces did you have? It's, gosh, Jake released the soundtrack online and it's something like, oh, I don't know. You know, that's a really good question. Many. Was this it is Jake many. Kaufman again? Jake Kaufman. Jake Kaufman is, uh, he's Vert from BG Mix and OC Remix. Oh, well, the world just gets a little bit smaller. Yeah. One of the, world, one of the most talented people I know. He's fantastic. Should try and get him on here. You think he'd do it? Sure. Sweet. <laughs> Add him to the list. 
that we haven't actually updated in a long He's, time. Consider him added. So, Ed, what, I, press start. What made you want to do basically a, a satire on video games? Would you, would you call it a satire on video games? Or yeah, a satire parody, uh, spoof. You know, any any of those any of those things. That was actually an idea that was kicking around in my head for a number of years, and I just never uh, had never found anyone to write it. Um, I'm not a particularly talented writer myself, so if I was to give it a shot, it wouldn't have been particularly funny. But in college, a friend of mine, Kevin Folliard, expressed an interest in writing it. He is an incredibly talented writer and a gamer himself, and he wanted to take a crack at it. And it was great. It was absolutely fantastic, and I couldn't have picked anyone better. But um, that's kind of how it came about. I wanted to create sort of video game the movie, where we took every video game trope, cliche, uh, you know, every genre, every kind of game, and mashed it all together um, into one world and uh, tell a story from a fellow who sort of suddenly finds himself in that world. In that world. So how how long did it take to to go once you actually had a script written from start to finish? Oh my goodness! That whole the whole process took about two years total. Uh, you know, a great deal of that is because uh, a number of us had full time jobs, or you know, some of the actors were still in college, things like that. So you know, when when you're not making films for a living, it takes somewhat longer. So it was it was quite the endeavor. What was your budget? Because I, I watched the movie again last night. And, you know, every third line's a joke, and I loved it, and I was laughing my ass off, but I, it was pretty decent production value for an independent movie, so I'm kind of curious what your budget was. Um, not much. Really not much. We're talking like the low four figures. Now, Ed, I was I was kind of actually surprised. I thought you were actually based probably out in California, like all the rest of the the people. But uh, you're, you're the, not the people. Who are the people, Andy? Well, most of the movie people, and then all the independent people, and also a bunch of the video game stuff is all out on the West Coast. Really. Yeah, the 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 industry is yeah. is pretty much California. You got a little bit in New York, but it's basically sure. all. California. Yeah. And you're not based in California at all, are you? Oh, heavens no. No, I am I am very much from the Midwest. I live in uh, Champaign, Illinois, which is a couple of hours drive south of Chicago. I actually passed by there the other day. All right. When you drove to L.A.? Yeah, when I drove to L.A. Uh, the place where I'm not. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I drove to L.A. I looked for you. You weren't there, so I had to fly oh. all the way back. You didn't, wait, wait, no, you didn't even know who this man was. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't need to know that. <laughs> and ignore what we're saying. That is quite all right. All right. Should we? Well, I was. Well, I was curious. How was okay. it working? Not in California. Was did it? Because it would seem like California have a huge infrastructure for the sort of independent movie sort of business. But in the middle of Champaign, Illinois, I don't. I don't see a birthplace of Hal. Really, it's true. Birthplace of Hal. But but to answer your question, it was difficult. Uh, like you say, you know, in California, you're always going to find actors and and crew people, people out of film school, people who are maybe willing to uh to work for free but have a lot of have a lot of training and um not as much the case in champaign illinois so um you know press start really had no crew it was um myself uh directing and behind the camera and running around setting up lights and uh you know holding up well not really mics because we kind of post up the whole thing but um you know doing doing every every bit of crew stuff and anything i couldn't do it was usually whatever actors were not on screen at the time holding up uh you know pieces of cardboard or you know Three blocking branches. lights yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Tree branches. So press start to continue. Yes. Uh, general improvements on press start. I mean, like bigger budget. Yes. Uh, we're talking no. about the same. About, about the same. About the same. Um, but I'm actually shooting it all on um, on HD. Ooh. Seven twenty or ten eighty or what? Uh, ten eighty. Okay. So I don't know. Real I don't know. HD. <laughs> 
I don't know how much that's going to matter because I, I don't expect that this is going to get, you know, a, a release on Blu-ray. Um, but <laughs> even so, uh, you know, you scale HD down to DVD and you're going to get a lot higher quality than um, than just shooting straight on SD. Oh, yeah. God, it's so... But this is what I've always been interested in about because you think about it, like all the stuff we have, consumer stuff, you got everybody can do 1080 video now, basically. You could go oh, to yeah. Best Buy and buy a 1080 video now. But if you think about like all the major motion pictures that are out there are all still done on film no not not as much anymore um tons of directors now are switching to uh to hd the movies in production right now are being moved to hd okay the ones that are being released now were shot two three years ago but even well granted i can't wait until we start getting 4k cameras oh like red and all that stuff yeah Yeah, those those turn out amazing dave looked at me with an odd thing and i knew ed was gonna get it when i yeah you guys andy's the the production guy he's this is the world of yours i'm out of it and you're like you won't have anything to talk about oh please i never said that yes you did when did i say that some time ago i don't remember when i did not say that said no such thing fine anyways we should probably start talking about topics you really want to talk about topics? Uh, well i mean hey i'm 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 good just talking this is fun so no, well I, I also had some more questions oh by all means and um what was with the whole the I remember something about like an animated series or something like that going along with Press Start? That is correct. That was actually it's called Press Start Adventures. Um, originally it was Press Start bonus levels, and um, we started producing those while the first movie was in production, kind of as a way to get people introduced um, to the characters and the world of Press Start. And so they're little you know three minute ish uh, cartoons that would go up on the Press Start website now the you know Dark Maze website every month, and uh, we had so much fun doing them that we've kept going after the movie so we are now we're now about to start the third season this friday and uh one of the cool things about it is not only does it allow us to do all kinds of crazy things that we can't do in a no budget live action movie uh things like you know going into outer space and having characters who are not people in suits but also um we've gotten a number of video game voice actors to play roles in the series which has been too much fun have you i'm going through some of the uh the press start adventures list here and you're protected under parody as far as copyright but have you ever been concerned about any of the the industry kind of coming after you and saying what are you doing absolutely not for one uh we don't use any copyrighted characters we have characters that are spoofs of copyrighted characters but even honestly we could actually use characters like mario or something if we wanted to because as you say parody but our characters are original characters that use lots of elements from existing characters which allow us greater freedom to just kind of have fun with it because you know if you had a character who is Link from Zelda, you can only do so much with that. But if he's, you know, we have someone who's sort of an amalgamation of Link and a bunch of other characters, we can kind of play with all the the tropes and the genres and stuff. I actually, at one point, at one point, I was contacted by Midway, who said, you know, hey, this character looks a little bit too much like Scorpion. We would like you to remove him. And I said no, and they said okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you think about it, you could just have, okay, you have the androgynous guy with the spiky hair. It covers all your Final Fantasy characters. You have your mm-hmm. Space Marine. That covers how many games? Right, absolutely. And then you, ha- you have your Ninja. Okay, that covers a bunch of games. And then you- yeah, but you, you have your, your whip-wielding Christian vampire hunter throwing crosses well actually it's it's funny it's funny you should mention that because it sort of depends on what we're whether it's the movie or whether it's the animated series um with the cartoons it's
it's a little bit easier for us to kind of pick a particular kind of character and just kind of go with that um, because you only have about three minutes. And so, you know, it's not it's not as important to be able to get lots of different elements into one character. Um, but kind of the way we approach the animated series characters is that we'll look at a particular video game character or maybe a couple of them. And most of these characters are, you know, heroes with the gimmick. Um, you know, Sonic is, um, you know, he's a hero and his gimmick is that he's really fast. And kind of what we like to do is take the gimmick and make it a the focal point of the character. So, for example, um, Lara Croft. She is an adventurer, um, you know, Tomb Raider character, and she happens to be an aristocrat. Um, we have a character that spoofs characters like uh, Lara Croft. Uh, she is an aristocrat first and foremost, and an adventurer hero second. But really, she's kind of, you know, in it for uh, for the, the money and the artifacts and, you know, kind of being hoity-toity. The aristocrats. Not to be confused with the aristocats. No. Yeah, no. Andy uh, just lent me, I actually just returned after two and a half years, his DVD on the aristocrats joke. Hmm. That's what, as soon as you said aristocrats, that just popped in my head because I just saw the DVD. Gotcha. Now I've got to go and watch season two of Press Start Adventures. Oh, darn, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I have to watch something funny. I know. Shucks. So have, has this been, like, a success for you? Have Are you able – would you be able to hold your own at, like, Comic-Con or would you – I have no idea, actually. Um, have you attempted but, to go to Comic-Con? <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I have actually not been. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, we are, we're not as big as, as probably a lot of stuff out there. You know, um, I'm, I'm thinking of like web comics or something, you know, right now, things yeah. like Penny Arcade or something. I mean, you know, millions of people know who Penny Arcade, you know, are. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we have even a fraction of that kind of viewership, but, uh, but I don't know. It's a good question. You do have a Wikipedia page, so you have that at least. It's true. So. Want a Wikipedia. Dave, you want me to make you a Wikipedia page? No, I don't want you to make me a Wikipedia page. That would be. I'd, I'd like a Wikipedia page on of my my own merit. Damn. Because you know I could put it out there, and then I could yeah. just make everything false, and then it would be perfect. Oh, great. Thanks, Andy. No, no problem, Dave. I actually meant more that I want our a podcast of a Wikipedia page. So I'm pretty sure we don't. No, we don't. Okay. All right, so I'm I'm actually now finally out of my list of questions. You're, you had a list of questions? Yes. You've just been going right down the list? Yes. Impressive. I do what I can. Okay. I try and be a good interviewer. He, he, yeah. So we should probably actually hit a, a topic. <laughs> All right, well, Ed, is there anything you want to add before we move on to the topics? Um, maybe just a, a very quick uh, shameless plug. Um, if, you're interested in, if you're interested in Press Start or Turkish Rambo or any of that other stuff, um, check out my website, darkmaze.com, and you will find probably more information than you wanted to know. <laughs> All right, and we'll let you do that again at the end. Yeah, it's oh, well. really anytime you want. If you want to just insert into any comment you're making, you know, darkmaze.com, go for it. Excellent. I will keep that darkmaze.com in mind. Okay. <laughs> Starmaze.com, pretty cool site. This is going to be an odd drinking game now. <laughs> oh, dear. I have beer? I only have Coke. Yeah, I've got Coke, so I think I'm just going to get more hyper as the next one. There's nothing wrong with so, that. Steve Ballmer, head of Microsoft, because Bill Gates stepped down, uh, was caught making a, a small statement about the Xbox 360 getting Blu-ray. His quote was, when they were asked about getting Blu-ray add-on drives to the 360, he says, well, I don't know if we need to put Blu-ray in there. You'll be able to get Blu-ray drives as accessories. So does that mean, like, the HD DVD add-on? thing that I have behind me? You could get one for Blu-ray, but it turns out later, I do believe I pointed, uh, did I? Yeah, we have no mm-hmm. plans for Blu-ray on 360. 
But when are they going to... Because you think about it, the, the have we reached any Xbox 360 games that are have gone to multiple discs yet or no? Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Blue Dragon is like three or four discs. So it would be nice just to literally have it for the storage. Nah. No? Nah. But come on, think of the, the amount of storage you could have on a Blu-ray drive versus just the regular DVD. Think of all the more... Di- the bigger the games they could have on there. Think of like the... What was it? The, um, that John Woo game. Stranglehold? Yes. The, so the, so you're, you're thinking of it maybe sort of as, um, uh, what was that, that CD add-on for the Sega Genesis? The What was that, like the 32X or something? I, yeah. Kind of using it for that purpose as opposed to a, a you know, Blu-ray movie player. Yeah. Because huh. the, the PS3 is already uh, pretty cheap. Well, there, now there's even cheaper Blu-ray players out there that are cheaper than the, the PS3. Mm-hmm. So it, it would seem weird to have the Xbox 360 try and go into that market because who would buy that for a Blu-ray player? Everybody, you could get a cheaper one for then without having to pay for the 360. But if you have at least the, the storage on it, you don't have to worry about having games with multiple discs yeah it's but, it's an interesting question what just what just a drive add-on would um would cost because you know they'd have they do all the software and whatnot through the xbox itself i, and I don't, no, I don't I, know if there'd really be a substantial difference think they're not gonna bother no i, I mean uh, go ahead oh no no I, I just um one thing i noticed was that in in his response um uh major nelson said Xbox 360 owners can instantly watch the movies they want when they want in the highest form of high definition. And he's, of course, referring to the, the uh, 1080p um, or 10, 1080 streaming, um, which, you know, I guess they want to go, you know, they want to go that way. They want you to stream stream right. movies through their site, which I, I, I find his quote a little bit disingenuous, though, because uh, streaming is not going to give you the same quality as Blu-ray. Um, I'm not saying it's not going to be good, but claiming it's the highest form of high definition is ludicrous. Um, you know, it's it's the bit rate that matters. Um, Blu-ray will give you, you know, tr- your average Blu-ray movie um, has uh, a bit rate of 25 to 40 megabits per second. And Microsoft is claiming that for Xbox streaming, you only need a four megabit connection. And so <laughs> some some math does not work out for me there. So what are you going to do? Put it on there and it'll, it's, it'll be like Netflix where it'll just tell you to wait for a bit before you can start playing? I, either, I imagine it's going to be just like It'll Netflix. be either that or you know, most people actually don't have 1080p monitors. No, yeah, most people don't. So they're not going to need to necessarily stream it at 1080p. Well, and, and moreover, I think that um, you know, if, if your bandwidth is not doing a very good job, um, it will sort of bump you down into a lower quality mode so that you're right. not getting that full 1080. But the thing is that you know, 1080 is just a, a, is just a, a number. I mean, it's just a size. It's, it's, not, it's not an indication of quality. You know, you can, you can, I can take 320 by 240 video and blow it up to 1080. That doesn't make it good. Andy's Andy's like I was gonna say that son of a oh sorry be quicker now <laughs> I thought oh yeah I'll, I'll you just... have a guest who knows what he's talking about as opposed to a co-host who doesn't oh, I gotta get back on my A game again oh all right so that just sounded wrong people are going to cringe at that at least it's not forty thousand people doing it all at once that five thousand was... okay yeah five thousand people at once. And in case you're wondering, at PAX every year, um, during one of the Penny Arcade Q&As, they always make everybody crack their knuckles at the same time. So hearing 5,000 people do it at once is... Ugh. Oh, man. Make is a strong word, but yes, they, they do ask for everyone to do it at once. It's sickening, but it's amazing. Wow. 
So yeah, but, so yeah, the 1080 streaming doesn't mean much, especially if we don't have a 1080 monitor and I've only got a four megabit sec. I don't even have four megabits for download. I don't. What, Dave? What's your download here? I'm about to find out while we're recording. Yes, while we're recording. That won't mess up your calculations <laughs> at all. Maybe. Why did it not load? That's interesting. Speed test didn't load. Uh, I'm paying for a three megabit down. Three megabyte down, actually. Oh, three megabyte down? Okay, that's a yeah. little bit more than three megabits. Well, it's eight times more, actually, Andy. It's eight times more, Andy. Uh, but I don't know what I'm actually gil- uh, getting. Hmm. We'll find out, because speedtest.net is the actual page and not speedtest.com. So we'll find out in just a sec. While Dave is looking that up, uh, next topic on the list, Nokia sues Apple. Oh, this is just so sweet. I, I love reading about this. This, was, this made the New York Times. Really? Yeah. This was big news. Well, it seems that Nokia, which is Finnish, they're not Japanese, they're like Transformers said. Yeah. Um, well, they, they did correct that in the movie. They did? Yeah. The guy says, like, oh, the Japanese make great phones, and then the girl off to the side is like, Nokia's from Finland. <laughs> I missed that part. Sorry, I just had my face in my, my head in my hands most yeah. of that movie. Uh, by the way, I get 3.6 down and 0.2 up. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Anyway, Nokia filed in the Federal District Court of Delaware, alleging that Apple's iPhone infringes on Nokia patents for GSM, UMTS, and wireless LAN standards. <sighs> So how did how did Apple not realize this? Oh, I'm sure Apple realized it, and I'm sure they just didn't care. But is, the patent covers wireless data, speech coding, security encryption, and infringed by all Apple iPhone models shipped since the yeah. iPhone was introduced. So, so what it turns out happens is basically anyone who makes a smartphone has to pay Nokia for these patents because Nokia has these patents, and they're really integral in any sort of smartphone. So when Apple came in, they didn't pay. It's kind of like the entry fee into the business. You have to pay this money. Oh, so it was just like you had to pay. Well, who's making the the DVDs? Ed, is that you? Uh, that was a train, actually, <laughs> over here. Well, not right in, not in this room. But, uh, <laughs> like, are you working on a model railroad set or something? <laughs> Uh, no. No. <laughs> what was... Come on, engineer, come on. <laughs> uh, so, so, anyways, Nokia actually said to Apple, you know, you're, you're breaking these patents, we're willing to license this to you, as we've licensed it to everyone else in the industry. And Apple said no. And so Nokia said, okay, we'll see you in court. The estimated cost is going to come out to be something like 12 to $16 per phone. Oh, geez. There's like millions of them out there already. Isn't there's, it? Yeah. There's something like 30 million phones. Oh, jeez. The better part, and this is, this is Dave living in his fancy happy land. It's never going to happen, but it would be so funny and cool if it did. Nokia could put out a cease and desist if they win this in court. So all the, they would brick all the iPhones? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> As hilarious as that would be, something tells me that that probably oh, it won't happen. happen. What will happen is they'll negotiate with Apple and they'll make a really sweet deal for Nokia and Apple will get screwed again and they'll keep producing the phones. Right. But, it but it's be, a great image. Isn't it? You, you get one SMS message on your iPhone because the iPhone can't even do MMS, can it? It can now. Oh, okay. They, they upgraded that so they can... <sighs> So you get an SMS. It says, sorry, your phone will stop working in two hours. Thank you for shopping with Apple. <laughs> and AT&T. Oh, and AT&T. 
And evidently soon to be Verizon. What? Despite the massive attack ads on the iPhone, Verizon, one of Verizon's CEOs said that they may, well, not one of it would be the CEO, uh, was saying that they may be getting the iPhone soon. Huh. That would be interesting. AT&T is going to fight it as long as they can. Duh. Because what, what other good phones are on the AT&T network? Exactly. I need a sound of crickets. Wait, I, th- I hear that's the best I can do. Not bad. Thank you. I, it was one of those things I figured out on car trips that I can whistle like a cricket. cricket. Yeah. So um, from last week, we had talked about, was it last week or two weeks ago, that we talked about um, Twitter going on Bing searches. Bing. It was last week or two weeks ago? One of the two. Wasn't one of those weeks a random recap? Yes. Two weeks ago was a random recap. So, so it must better have been, been last week. week. <laughs> Yay, I'm on top of things. Um it seems that Google is now going to be adding uh, tweets to their searches. And I actually tried it out today. I was actually searching for um, Cinderson's Twitter account. Because for some reason, twitter.com slash Cinderson wouldn't work. So I tried okay. Googling Twitter and Cinderson, and it actually came up with a couple of Twitter results where people had written down her name. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So now I guess you can actually get Twitter, Twitter tweet results on, on Google. Yeah. I don't know if that's a Tweets. good or a bad. I still don't think this is a good thing. Well, I I, I heard what you guys were talking about last time with uh, with Bing, and uh, I think you mentioned uh, when you were kind of speculating about Google that you know there may there's that data mining involved and that sort of thing. And you know, I mean, my thinking is that well, tweets are public anyway, uh, just like yeah. you know a personal website or something. Um, this isn't private information; anyone can can see it. Um, if you have stuff that you don't want people to see, you know, don't tweet. Um, as far as as far as so so at least from that standpoint, you know, I'm not sure that that's a particularly big deal um, when it comes to how useful it is. Well, um, you know, I think it's like you said last week with um, Michael Jackson, and um, uh, when he passed away, everyone was searching for information that wasn't there. So, you know, I mean, maybe it's sort of uh, it's sort of useful to uh, to find out. Okay, am I crazy? Is this is this for real? Do other, do other people think this too? Um, you know, I just hope that my f- entire first page of results is not all uh, Twitter results when well, I'm looking for a particular topic. When I searched for it, I got uh, like the first main result was the Twitter result. And then there was a couple because you know how they have that little like indented searches for some stuff for like the same mm-hmm. web page. It was a couple of those. And then it has see more Twitter results. It was oh, a little okay. button under there. And then it was just a bunch of the websites. So it's, oh, go ahead. it was at the top. But there was there was only a couple of them, and yeah. then what's interesting to me is that watching Twitter grow over the last couple of years, this is going to be such a huge boost to them. And all those people who say, "Oh, I don't get Twitter, I don't, oh, I, I'm not going to pay any attention to this Twitter thing." Well, now if you use Google or Bing, the two biggest search engines on the internet, you don't have much of a choice. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna run into Twitter. You go, you run it, you watch CNN, you run into Twitter, you. ABC, NPR, NPR, you run into Twitter. Twit, you run into Twitter all the time, even though they always hate talking about it. I stopped listening to Twit. <gasps> For shame! Oh, that was deep, and the echo effect was pretty weird. Oh, <sighs> sorry. It's just <laughs> you don't listen to Twit. That's granted. No, I, I just stopped because I, I think Leo Laporte and John Dvorak and everyone else who's usually on Twit don't know what they're talking about any more than we do. They probably don't. It is kind of fun to hear Dvorak try and rant on stuff. Yeah, except when he rants on things that he's clearly wrong about. You know what I, you know what I hope they're wrong about? What do you hope they're wrong about, Andy? Um, Obvious segue setup. 
You see, it doesn't work when you actually point out the segue. Oh, it, Andy, I didn't need to point that one out. But what are, what are you hoping they're not wrong about? Well, I hope that Michael Practor says that Xbox Live is going to jump from 50 to $100. This is the, the analyst, Michael Practor. Pract- is it Practor, I think? I don't know. He's the analyst that always talks about video games. He's like the only one. And um, during a recent sales call, Microsoft said that they are they don't foresee a scenario where we're going to double the price of live anytime in the next couple of months. Hmm. What a ludicrous statement. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that that, that, that that isn't necessarily true. I'm saying that they have limited it to the point where they might as well say, I don't see us doubling it anytime in the next, oh, what time is it? An hour. <laughs> Like 72 hours. <laughs> that's, that's what I've, I, was, I was thinking about that, because when I put down, like, the next year, and I'm like, wait, that's only two months. Two months. <laughs> wow, that's... Well, they, you know, it depends who is talking, because if it's someone who's used to talking about the fiscal year... Okay, so they... Would, that could be eight months. Uh, the fiscal year, I thought, it gets done in March. It depends on whose... Fiscal, fiscal year, yeah, because the Some Japanese people do their fiscal is, year in October, I think. I, I, yeah, most of them are in July, but so... Xbox Live could be doubling in price, and I still don't want to pay for it. I granted, I haven't paid for it for the past two years. So, so but I wonder if they if they're actually just doing that to uh, kind of drive sales of those one year subscription cards. Because <laughs> if they are actually going to double the price, man, there's going to be such a run on those cards. Oh yeah, because everybody would be like, "Dude, I gotta get this before the price jumps." Right. You get the twelve year subscription card for fifty bucks, and then a month later it jumps up to a hundred. Yeah. That, or as soon as you hear the announcement about it, you just drive to the nearest GameStop, and buy as couple of those as possible, and then try reselling them on eBay. I think GameStop will be on top of it enough to have raised the price by the time you got to the store. <sighs> Damn you, GameStop! They're they're usually pretty good about pricing, given that it's their business. But but still, I remember I. Let's see, I, I had gotten the free year from Brian for Christmas as a Christmas present. Then I got, I won that GTA 4 contest, so I had another year free. But that was still, I didn't start up that year free until 1 versus 100 came out on live because I didn't see the point of it at the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so Xbox Gold, I have multiplayer gaming, but I'm rarely playing games at the same time that other people are. It's like right now I was playing, what, Le- Lego Indiana Jones and... <laughs> Kung Fu Panda, and before that was... Are you Gamerscore torting again? I played Lego Indiana Jones because it was actually kind of fun. Okay, it's but Lego. Kung Fu Panda? Yeah, that... Uh... You're playing for gamer points, aren't you? It's... Yeah. You have no right anymore to ever say anything about me and Gamerscore. <laughs> I, I do have to say, though... I have not played... I, I got Kane and Lynch from Brian. I stopped playing it after, like, the first two levels because it was such a bad game that I I could easily get a couple hundred gamer points from that thing. No problem. If I just had to force my way through it, but I'm not going to because it's... I don't like it. I might actually do that with Kung Fu Panda. Not because I've been called out on it. <laughs> but, but still, it's just beyond multiplayer gaming. It's What's the point of Xbox Live Gold? There really isn't much. One versus 100, if they re-release it, free for gold. I swear, they, I thought they said they were going to charge for that, which I... I think they will, which sucks, because yeah. it was so fun. Anyways. Speaking of free games, supposedly... Oh, God. Civ is coming to Facebook. It's not supposedly. Okay, so it is coming to Facebook. Sid Meier's next big project, which means Dave and Andy will have no free time, is Civilization on Facebook. Combining two of the most addictive pieces of software in the world. The only way they could do this more is if they included World of Warcraft and made it free. 
Yeah, but what would you do for microtransactions for World of Warcraft? Is there going to be microtransactions in Civ Network for Facebook? I do believe he said so. Uh, you can coordinate your strategies, and there was... I swear there was something about it being... Um... Ed, have you ever played any of the Civ games? I haven't. Um, I've seen it played. I they've never they've never really been my kind of game. Although I have enormous respect for Sid Meier. Yeah, and what do you play? I'm curious about this now. Oh, um, uh, gosh, I am. Uh, you know, I haven't. I'm, I don't play a lot of the more recent stuff much. Um, when I do, it's usually stuff like uh, DS. Um, I'm more of an old school gamer. Um, what I what I do enjoy are the more action oriented games, um, action adventure, fighting games, stuff like that. Uh, platformers. So like the the Ratchet and Clanks, and I can't think of another platformer. <laughs> well, Mario is a platformer. Mario, yeah, yeah. All, all Mega Man of, is a platformer. Of, right. Yes, those are platformers. You have a very good point on that one. You, you want to go back far enough? Pitfall is a platformer. There you go. Pitfall. Absolutely. I actually tried playing Pitfall. Or, was it? Did we play that earlier this year? Yeah. I think. <laughs> When would you have had a chance to play Pitfall? We, uh, my brother gave my sister last Christmas one of those Ataris that has oh, like 16 games in it. The joystick, everything's built in. Well, no, it actually looks like a smaller version of the 2600. Oh, wow. And it's got two joysticks, and you actually have to plug them in the back. It's, it's kind of neat. But they, one of them, they had Pitfall in there and such. Granted, I just kept on trying to play Adventure, and I found out how hard that game was. Oh, the one where you're, uh, where you're a square? Yes. Yes, and you're, you're absolutely. getting chased by that dragon that looks like a duck. <laughs> I don't think I ever played Adventure. The dragon with the the beak that looks like it's a duck. Okay. And then you try you have to stab it with the with the arrow, which and then, sure. You've never played Adventure. I never played Adventure. I've played Muds and Mushes. I've played uh, Ultima, some of the original Ultimas, but I never played Adventure. I didn't have an Atari. When would I have played Adventure? I, I don't know now. But man, so <laughs> I think I will gladly, if, if Civ comes out on Facebook, I think I'm going to jump my Farmville ship and land on... Um, Civ Network. Civ Network, yeah, whenever it comes out. This is going to be so bad. Well, th- we think about it. Facebook, Farm Farmville, what, 58 million people? Mm-hmm. 50, 58 million people, right, for Farmville? Wasn't that, it was in the USA so, today. Yeah, some ridiculous number. So if you think about that, it's like we thought how crazy WoW was with 11 million people. And then Farmville well, comes there, out. There, there's a small difference. Farmville is free. Yeah. There are microtransactions, but it's free. WoW has 12 million people paying $15 a month. Yeah, I could see that. If Farmville started charging $15 per month, I think the user number would drop significantly. Would you be willing to pay $15 a month to play on your farm, Andy? No. No, no I wouldn't. For $15 a month, you'd get back into WoW, wouldn't you, Andy? No, no, I wouldn't. No? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> All the couple of times that you've tried to get me back into WoW, the Burning Crusade and everything, it's just... Yeah. It's just lost. The, the grind has literally lost its appeal. Okay. Speaking of free games. Oh, look at that one. And now I just broke it. <laughs> um, they're, they're on the iPhone. Speaking of the iPhone. Haha. No, wait. I just broke it again. Damn. I'm horrible at this. Um, it seems that. Uh, Huge running joke. That people are uh, pirating iPhone games. Very much so. Was it 95% or something like that? Were th- of, of this one game, yeah. So And none of them, none of the pirates went and bought the real app afterwards. 
that they could detect. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a $4 game and you pirate it. And I love how actually in here he was talking about part of it was actually easier to do than something that was actually in the app store. It was easier to pirate it than get it through the app store? Yeah. Wow. Ed, did you have a, uh, do you know if you had a problem with that as far as pirating the the DVDs? Oh, good heavens. Well, yeah, I, since you bring it up, yes. Um Ed, about the article itself, um I loved I loved that article. Um I think that everyone should read it. Um I think that that people, um, myself included at one time, kind of think that, you know, the little guy, the people that are creating the little apps or, you know, no budget movies, low budget movies, things like that, they kind of get a free pass because, you know, they're doing it out of love and they're, and, you know, it's not super expensive and we're not big corporations. So, you know, people support that. And, and a lot of people do, absolutely. But, um, you would be amazed by how much of this stuff is still pirated. Um, my own stuff included actually. Um, far more people have pirated Press Start and Rampage than have bought it. That's sad. It is sad. I have to say that. As, as someone who actually bought, pre-ordered Press Start, if I recall, uh, knowing that more people have pirated it than bought it makes me cry. It, it is sad. It, it's the, 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 what it comes down to is, the, is that when it comes to the little guy, well, anybody really, uh, if you don't, if you don't buy their stuff, they're not going to make more stuff. Um, it's true of, at any level of the industry. I mean, the fact is that if you know you don't, if you're not, if you're pirating, you know, music or, or a movie from some major studio, um, you know, it's not, it's not the the head of the company that's going to be taking the big hit. Their salary is not going to change. In order to make up that money, they are going to fire someone down the line. Um, so you know, it hurts the little guy. It's it's it hurts the little guy no matter where it is. It's very true. <laughs> it's too bad. That, that, you're right. That is. It, it's kind of sad though that part of it though he was talking about in the article is my favorite line. It was like once the phone is rebooted after you uh un- after you unlock it or jailbreak it whatever it's called, all you have to do is download a cracked version of the app from one of the many places on the internet, add it to iTunes, sync, and you're done. Note: surprisingly, this is much easier than actually buying it on iTunes. <laughs> Well, and the fact is that yeah, a lot of a lot of it is just so simple that it almost it you know it almost doesn't even feel illegal, right? Because it, it, it's so easy. It's easier than you know getting it the the regular way. That's it, I do have to say the one thing that I will honestly say that I do pirate is television shows. But I know that I'm not a Nielsen family, so I know my downloading it is not affecting the advertising rates of the show. So I'm technically not losing them any money. Well, but that's not necessarily true anymore. If they have that same show available on, say, Hulu or on their own website, then by watching it there, you increase the advertising rate that they get from that source. You do have a good point there, actually. But if Hulu started charging fees, I don't know if I would watch it on Hulu. Like, okay, yes, if Numbers is on CBS.com, I'd rather watch it on CBS.com than download it, especially since I could stream it on CBS.com and not have to wait three hours for the thing to download. Right. But if, if literally, if somebody at News Corp says they want to start charging fees, subscription fees on Hulu... That's just going to kill Hulu right then and there. Funny you should mention that, Andy, because (laughs) Rupert Murdoch, News Corp's owner, has said, quote, are we looking at it with a view of adding subscription services in there and a pay-per-view movies? Yes, we are looking into that. It's funny. Um, I read I read the um, the article about that or an article about that. The headline was something like, you know, uh, Hulu may be charging fees next year. And uh, a good friend of mine who runs the website SidLexia.com, um, I think, put it best. He said that that headline should probably read Hulu to be unpopular and bankrupt as early as 2010. <laughs> 
Oh, it's Hulu's a great thing, but if you so, start charging for it, it's. I want to know if they're losing money on it right now. I mean, Chances the, the are, ads they did, who, it was with Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like you. Alec Baldwin doesn't work for cheap, I assume. So those ads had to cost money. Did they, have they lost money on Hulu? Is that why they're saying like, oh, we should start charging for this? Probably. Um, you know, the, the whole monetizing web video uh, thing has not, been, has not been sorted out yet. Um, people are still experimenting with it. Uh, trying to figure out how to make it work, and it's really not working for anybody. Um, uh, you know, here and there, you're going to find examples of, of you know, individual series or, or companies that have been making it work at least to some extent. Um, but um, I don't think that Hulu is making that much money. I mean, look at you know, look at your average Hulu show. You only get about four or five ads in it. Um, compare that to television. Um, network television, of course, you get commercial breaks with multiple multiple ads per commercial break. And um, with cable television, not only do you get ads, but you also pay for the service. But, okay, yes, Hulu, but uh, the one that I remember where I was talking about this a long time ago, I think back in like episode 60 or something like that. Don't ask me. But I remember it was pointed out that like Hulu ads per like second were actually earning them more than the ads over the air because people right. were actually had to go and physically hunt down the Hulu show. So you knew a finite everybody who was watching the show was watching the ads. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I hadn't. I, I don't actually know the numbers on that. So I would. I would so, love to read more about it. Try and dig that up. But it's. But yeah, I, the, honestly, the only I can think of one website that has a subscription program set up that it's actually making them money, and that's the Wall Street Journal, which is owned by Rupert Murdoch. So I think hmm. he sees the Wall Street Journal plan working. And thinks, oh, we can do this to other important websites. But really, it's yes, I could see the Wall Street Journal because it's the Wall Street Journal. Who's going to pay for the Wall? Who's who reads the Wall Street Journal? People who have money. At least that's the yeah. No, it makes it makes sense for something like the Wall Street Journal. Doesn't yeah, with, make much sense. I mean, for example, I, I only I only just started getting into Hulu, and um, you know, if they start charging, I'm going to be put off by it. I think a lot of other people are going to be put off by it. I would rather I would rather you know see a few more ads than uh, pay some sort of subscription for sure. I think it's just the the advertisers are still a little weary of putting ads on the internet because okay, it's like what have we what have we got ads? We have the banner ads, we have click through ads, and what else is there? You have the, you have the ads in front of Hulu, right? And that's it. Advertising on the internet really hasn't gone anywhere in a while. I'm I'm curious what kind of information that they can get, the advertisers can get from Hulu, um, in terms of you know demographics and that sort of thing. When it comes to television, they've got that down to a science, obviously with uh, the Nielsen system. But I'm well, not sure. It's a very imprecise science with the Nielsen. Sure, sure, but it's it's something, and I'm wondering if they have anything anything approaching that something for for internet television, and they may. I don't know. Well, it's just it's kind of like the the Netflix price, and was it three four weeks ago we talked about how the, the TV companies actually wanted to redo the Nielsen ratings? Yeah. So it's this whole pain by advertising thing on the internet. I'm I don't know. It's it depends. I mean, I think Hulu's got a better shot at at getting it right than. Other companies. I mean, I've seen sites that you know will do ads that are you know not Hulu, and um, you know they're it's it's for a show clearly intended at you know sort of a college age audience, and um, I'm seeing commercials that have nothing to do uh, with what that show is targeted at. So uh, so I figure if any if anyone's got a shot though, I think it's Hulu. It uh, I was watching numbers on CBS.com. Right, there were four ads 
during the video. They actually were like split on the things there. Mm-hmm. And each ad, no joke, was the same ad. And it was for Oil of Olay Regenerated Face Mask. Hmm. Yeah, they, Hulu has that problem a lot, too, where you'll get four of the same ad. It's for numbers. I, it doesn't seem to be something that somebody who would want to buy an Oil of Olay face mask would watch. I... It was like it was like oh hey a new ad oh wait it's there's the oil of Olay ad okay let me go do something else for the next twenty seconds and then the next ad oh it's back I'm just like I would have no problem watching the ads if there was actually something I was interested in and or there was variety at all but I had neither of the two Dave did you buy a Windows Seven with the the student for thirty dollars I have not yet bought that I plan on it. Well, I'm, I'm glad you didn't buy it yet, because it seems they were having problems with the Windows 7 upgrade. Oops. So, uh, people who bought... Because this, this is the same company that did the Office 2007 Ultimate Steam. And I, I did buy that and didn't have any problems that I remember. Yeah, I didn't have any problems with my Office 2007 install, but it seems that if you bought the... Windows 7, it uh, they gave you an .exe file and two additional files with the .box file name extension, and um, you were supposed to launch the .exe file, which would unpack the box files into all the install stuff. And it turns out the uh, they received a error saying something about it. <laughs> Something, maybe that the box files are corrupt or that it can't unpack them. Andy's looking for the actual error through the article. Something, but they literally were having errors and you couldn't actually install Windows We were unable 7. to create or save new files in the folder in which the application was downloaded. Yes. Control F error. So, yeah. Um, Windows 7 launch, not flawless, but. Well, this was just a problem with. The but, student version. Yeah, but you were, well, the, the student discount version. I would I would love to have anything. I would love to have an ISO. I would love to have an actual physical media. Because I do have to say, after getting the Office 2007, I had to reinstall the, the OS on the hard drive. I had to reformat the hard drive because there was a bad sector on there. So I reformatted it, cleaned out, skipped the bad sector. And then I realized, oh, crap, I don't have, you Office, don't have Office 2007, the student thing. So I actually had to go hunt down the old email to get my old um, serial key for it, but then I couldn't actually find a place to download it. So I actually had to download a pirated copy, one that had like a list of key gens, but I just put my own actual key in there instead. So I'm this whole digital downloads, yes, it's the future, but I don't like where it's going. Well, it's, it's the future, and it's great if they, main, A, maintain the servers, and B, let you download it again and again and again. Which this company did not. Right. So um, next time I download it again, I'll make sure... I, I actually do. I made a Last time I made an ISO and burned it to a disk, so I have a student or the, the ultimate 2007 Office disk now. I might need to get that for you from you. It's back in Kalamazoo, so... All right. I'm, I'm sorry. If you would have told me, I would have brought it over. Had I been thinking, I would have told you. Well, Had I known you had made the ISO, I would have told you. You can just download it off of Pirate Bay anyway. Didn't we just talk about piracy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's something that you this already... This is something I bought. Yeah, so you I, already I, bought it, so... It, yeah, I think. I know I bought it, but I think it works out like that. <laughs> oh, my... Anyways, piracy is bad. Don't pirate. Don't pirate. But if you buy it, I don't know, Ed. If if I having bought my press start DVD, would it be insulting to you if I went onto Pirate Bay and downloaded the the movie? Oh, I don't care. Well, I mean, I guess my stance would probably be like, I wish it wasn't on the Pirate Bay. But you know, if you wanted to, if 
if your copy got a scratch on it and you, you know, snagged a friend's copy and, you know, burn, you know, reburn that or something, I don't care. Like, that's fine. I, you know, once you bought it, do whatever you want with it. Cool. That's what happened with uh, Civ 4 and stuff. And my, uh, I was, uh, I listened to the, the, the band, the Stones. The Rolling Stones? Yes, the Rolling Stones. Wow. It's late. I'm the one drinking beer. You're drinking Coke. Fine. A cola. Yes. It's tasty, too. Um, It's also available in the afterlife. No, wait, that's Pepsi. You saw the movie? Yes, I saw the movie. It's so good. No, it was Coke. That's available in the afterlife. No, it's Pepsi. Is it? Yes. Oh. Which movie? Uh, the Invention of Lying. The one with Richie... Richard... Rich, is it Richie... Ricky de Gervais? Ricky Gervais. Yes. Oh, okay. No, I know what you're talking about. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Go, if, if it's still in the theaters where you're at, go see it. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, I love, I love Ricky Gervais. Oh, he is funny in it. But um, I had I had the the second disc and I literally played the second disc till I it couldn't play anymore and I'm just like well crap what am I supposed to do because I was I was importing all my music into all my like hundred two hundred CDs into iTunes and I'm like well crap what am I gonna do and I'm thinking oh wait I could just go and download it off of Pirate Bay and then basically turn it back into the CD and just import that into iTunes so yes I've done that too Dave don't worry okay. What? I mean, I'm I'm not a big fan of you know anybody making you buy something multiple times once you've already bought it. That's good. All right, Dave. Why does this say Finland has a right to broadband, but I keep on getting just the Engadget main page? I don't know because the link didn't work out as well as I had hoped, or they took down the page. One or the no, other. It's, it's still there. There's just a, a stray F at the end of that URL. Just take that out, oh, and you've got it. Interesting. I'll have to take out that F. All right. That's you know what? That's that's the result of this new foldable keyboard. When I did the control F, uh, I don't know why I did control F. I don't know why that F is there. But that F is there. Get rid of it. I, I know I'm doing that right now. So Finland says one megabits broadband is a right, not a privilege. I want to live in Finland. Really? You'll have to speak Finnish. I want to live in Finland that speaks English. And, I mean, we, we did do the speed test earlier. I'm getting more than one megabit. Yeah, but, but think of where my parents are at, where they their only choice was DSL. DSL. I think their only choice still is just DSL. I'm not sure if they actually are able to get Comcast to actually have cable out there. I still remember even when my parents had dial-up, we actually, uh, the I guess the phone network in our my parents' neighborhood was so old, we actually couldn't get 56K yeah, off most, of our modem. A lot of phone lines were uh, max at 28.8. Yep. Yeah, I remember those days. <sighs> those days are scary to think about. Those days were fun, though. That was when we had the, the BBS set up in the basement, and that was... Oh. I remember my 2400 baud modem. <laughs> That was good stuff. And did AOL. you ever have a, a an acoustic coupler? I did not. Oh, my parents what? had one. I never. I wasn't here at that point when they had an acoustic coupler. But my my father tells me stories about how when my mom was playing piano near the coupler, the audio interfered, and so he'd lose his connection. So what what was what I'm I'm what is an acoustic coupler? I should acoustic probably know coupler this is when you take an old the the kind of headset of the telephone, the handheld. Part oh, of, of course, the like in in, in war games. Put that on yeah. there and that was your modem. Yes, yeah, yeah, of in, course. In war games. Oh, man, that was war games. Now I have to go home and watch that. <laughs> Damn it, you had to bring that up. My pleasure. Yes, that device that he puts the phone on is called an acoustic coupler. Oh, Because right. it, it coupled your phone line to your computer via sound. Fantastic. I remember and, at one point I was thinking about with my cell phone, I wanted to, to get internet access without having to pay for a data plan. So I was actually thinking... 
uh, ThinkGeek had the the Bluetooth headset that looks like the the old the mm-hmm. handsets. So I was thinking, okay, if I connect one of those old the, the old handsets, the Bluetooth one, to my phone, and then hook that up to an audio coupler, and then hook that up to my computer, I could use my <laughs> cell phone as a dial-up modem. I think that's probably the most amazing thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I think you can do that without the acoustic coupler, actually. I, I'm not. It, it never came to fruition because then basically it was, smartphones came out with data Fr- plans. Fruition? Fruition? Whatever. Okay. Fru- fruition? Fruition. Fruition. Okay. Expanding Andy's vocabulary. Everyone take a drink. Speaking of cell phones, Android is coming. Firefox is coming to Android. I was going to say Android Firefox is, is coming, coming to, to Firefox. Well, Android's coming. No, Android is not coming to Firefox. Android is coming to Sprint and Verizon in like the next month. And Duke Nukem Forever is dead. <laughs> I actually had kind of forgotten about that because it had been settled and put away so long ago. Nope. It still festers in my soul. I did use Fester, right? Right, Fester. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. So okay. Firefox is coming to Android. So does that yeah, mean? Because Android opened up kind of the the core level of the programming. Previously, when you wrote an Android app, you had to write it in Java because it's a, a Java based operating system. Well, they opened up the kind of the core SDK for the chips. So now you can write it in C++ or really whatever you want. So so Mozilla said, this is what we were waiting for. And now we're going to go and write Firefox for Android. And it will be extensible. So all the extensions that work on Firefox on your PC could theoretically work on Firefox on your Android device. Ooh. So I actually could bring some of my Firefox and my Firefox extensions and add-ons to my phone. Well, not to your phone because you have a BlackBerry, yes. but yes. My, my theoretical Android phone. Yeah, and again, it, it's not just Android phones. I, I specifically use the term device because Android is moving over to tablets. Android is moving over to the Nook. The Nook? Have you not heard about the Nook? Is it Canadian? No, it is the Barnes & Noble e-reader. Oh, so it's kind of like the it's the Barnes & Noble Kindle. Kindle, okay. yeah. Yes, it's called the Nook, and it is Android-powered. Oh, does it still have the e-paper screen or no? It is a 6-inch e-ink screen and a 3-inch color LCD screen hmm. for two fifty nine. <laughs> available at Barnes & Noble. I am not paid to say this. I wish I were. <laughs> but still, $250? It's like, can you make oh. it cheaper? What's the Kindle cost, Andy? Something more than $300. And it's two seventy nine. It's still... But, yeah. There is a, a sweepstakes to get a Kindle right now on Amazon. I'm good. Oh, the the, the November wish stuff list. is going to be coming up for Amazon have soon. You, have you looked at the wish list thing for Amazon? No. They're, they're having a, a wish list sweepstakes. If you create a wish list or modify or share a wish list, you can enter into the Amazon wish list sweepstakes. This week's sweepstakes, which may end by the time this podcast comes out, probably will end by the time this podcast Since comes out. Since come out every Monday, it will. Yeah. Uh, is nine Kindles and a Kindle DX. Oh, jeez. And a one-year subscription to the New York Times Kindle Edition, one-year subscription to the Economist Kindle Edition, and their idea is give all of this to one person who will then give eight Kindles out to his friends or her friends. And then keep and, the DX for himself. Well, you keep one Kindle and the DX for yourself. Why would you keep a Kindle and a Kindle DX? I don't know. This is what Amazon is suggesting. <laughs> So you should enter into the sweepstakes. If I remember to do that. Ed, you should enter too. <laughs> I may do just that. All right. I think we got to wrap this up. We're Yes, we're nearing the end. Time. So the random topic I rolled before we started talking, and it was number 10 out of our now up to 11 topics. Well, it's going to be 10 after this week. 
but it was the number of D&D campaigns, in parentheses, have we actually completed. Oh, that's not cool. Okay, so let's just think about the ones that Dave and I have been in together. There was the I, one where you shot Brian. Which, in theory, you could say ended the campaign. <laughs> we didn't play it anymore after that. No. Then there was another one that came afterwards that we didn't finish. I don't remember what it was, but I brought my character over. There was a whole story with yeah. that. Then we tried the world's largest dungeon, and that didn't finish. Right. And then I think there was one with Lapsley. Yes, there was, because I, I was a kitchen chef. I had my knives with me. Right. We never finished that. I, never finished I actually that. just threw out that character sheet. <laughs> and then, um, then there was my email one, which we haven't. Which is I'd, currently... I've had a fair number of fourth edition ones as well. So my, my uh, batting average is a big whopping zero. Zero percent have been completed. Dave? I can't even begin to say. Um, hmm. I think I've completed one or two. Brendan had a campaign uh, that was me and Mike Impelizari and Matt Wheeler and Brian. And this is when he, he gave us a quiz. It was like a two-shot campaign, but we finished that one. Were you in that one? No. Where he gave us a quiz with, like, the first question is, what are the other party members' names? I was the only one in the party to be able to answer that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that was bad. I might have completed. There was uh, it was a one shot. Does what about one shot dungeons? I don't know if, if one like dungeon delves. Yeah, because there was a dungeon delve for Worldwide Game Day when the uh, Monster Manual two came out, and I went to Fanfare. Actually, I was in Fanfare the day it was going on, and I was like, "What's going on here? There's a bunch of people playing D and D." It's oh, it's the Worldwide Game Day, and I'm like, "Can I play?" I don't know if one shots count because that's that's the only it's time. It's not a campaign. No. So yeah, beyond that, that was the only one I finished. Ed, have you played D and D? Not not very much, unfortunately. Uh, it's one of those things where, again, I have to say it's never really been my thing, but I've always had the the greatest respect for it. But if it if it helps, um, I did. Uh, I did do a uh, a spoof with a number of my D and D playing friends of the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie that came out in two thousand. So I don't know if that counts for anything. It certainly does not count for a campaign being completed. But uh, but you I completed a movie, so I, I think that trumps us. You win. Congratulations, sir. Oh wow! I don't. I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think that beats uh, beats actually completing some campaigns. So I think you guys are still ahead of me. Except I think I might have completed a campaign, and that's about it. <laughs> we had fun playing, though. Oh, no, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And whenever you finally get around to writing the next bit on our play-by-email, I'd be you know glad to keep moving on that. I will go home and tell you what the orc says, which is most likely, if you guys don't, this is your final warning. That's literally what he's going to say is, okay, this is your final warning, otherwise heads are going to roll. Can I get a sneak attack on it? Like a, a surprise round on him? No, you guys had your surprise round the first time. And what'd you do? You all stood there and said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Big menacing orc with a big sword standing there yelling at you. What, what are you supposed to do? Not just, to, I don't know what you, maybe he Evidently what I'm supposed to do is grab a butter churner because that's what I ended up doing. It was the butter churner or a mop. One of the two. I, the butter churner was funnier. Yeah, it was. All right, Ed, uh, we've reached the end. What was it? Dark Maze. Darkmaze.com. It was, I thought it was like dark something else. <laughs> dark Labyrinth? No, wait a minute. <laughs> nope, darkmaze.com. Darkmaze.com, where you can get the only official U.S. release 
of the Turkish Rambo. I can't believe. As well as press start and press start to continue. Press start adventures. I, I who came up with the name Press Start to Continue? Was that you or a, a friend or that was me? That's brilliant. Press Start to Continue. Oh goodness, that is brilliant. Oh, we're witty, it seems. <laughs> well, not we. I'm just the, the metaphorical we. The meta, the the royal we, or the, sure, is there a royal we? There is a royal we. Yes. Okay. You are not included in the royal we. No, I'm not. I'm not royalty in any shape or the words. But Ed, uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Was, oh, thanks very much for having me on the show. It was, was a lot it was, of fun. It was good to actually talk shop with somebody a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Normally it's just Dave staring at me oddly, as he's doing right now. Well, hey, anytime. <laughs>